Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. I am so excited for today's conversation with one of my dear friends and all around incredible human beings, Amy Porterfield. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, or if you are in the online space, you probably know who Amy Porterfield is. She has been on the podcast, I think, multiple times now, but this is probably the most important podcast episode that we have ever done with her because her first ever highly anticipated brand new book, Two Weeks Notice, Find the Courage to Quit Your Job, Make More Money, Work Where You Want, and Change the World is now available out in the world wherever books are sold. And of course, there is an Audible too, as I know that you all love to listen to that. But this is a really cool conversation. Amy and I really go deep about what you really need to not only know, but believe in order to take that leap and finally go all in on your entrepreneurial dreams. We also talk about what you don't need to know exactly when it comes to what your business is going to be in order to get started and take action. We talk about some common boss traps that Amy calls it that um, kind of keep you from giving yourself permission to taking that leap and how we can finally start crafting that first offer that we're going to take that at least just gets us out the door, gets us some money going so that we can then refine and perfect as we move forward. So if you are someone who is still working a nine to five and are ready to go out on your own, you're going to love this podcast episode. But also if you're someone who maybe you've already left your nine to five, or maybe you've never even had a nine to five and you've just been doing your own thing this whole time, you're still going to gleam a lot of nuggets from how to get started and scale in a whole new way. So with that, let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Well, hey there, friend. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this all day. I have to. I just, I mean, I, you know, we could just talk <laughs> offline all day, but I'm glad that we're bringing the community into our amazing conversation, yes. which is all about this beautiful book that I'm holding in my hands right now, Amy Porterfield's highly anticipated first ever book, Two Weeks Notice, Find the Courage to Quit Your Job, Make More Money, Work Where You Want, and Change the World. That is a bold statement. Uh, right? And it's a very long subtitle for a book. I, I'm well aware, but I had to get it all in. You had to get it all in. So let's let's start from that top of how does one find the courage to quit their job, especially when we have all of these excuses, right? These fears, uh, the economy, nothing safe, the great regrets. Yeah. You know, who am I to have this idea? So let's, let's dive into that courage piece first. Yeah. So a lot of times people will say, well, how do I even know if I should leave my job or if I'm ready to leave my job? And, and I know a lot of people listening have already left their jobs. So stay with us because we've absolutely got a lot for you as well. But I want to start, I love where you're starting here. And we got to start with like, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? So you wake up in the morning, your eyes wide open. How do you feel about what your day is going to look like? If you're in a nine to five job, how do you feel about the commute? If you have one, the people you work with, are you paid uh, what you want to be paid? Do you feel valued? 
And a lot of the people that I talk to, they feel underpaid, undervalued, often ignored, and they're not happy at their job, but they don't know what they would do. And exactly what you just said, they think, who am I to start my own business or do my own thing? And so they either stay where they're not appreciated and where they're miserable, or they dust off their resume and they look for something else. But the important question is, what are you chasing? What do you want? And so the biggest mistake I made when I was still in my nine to five job and starting to go out on my own and create my own business is I never stopped to think, what do I want my lifestyle to look like? How do I want to spend my day? What do I want to be working on? Do I want to pick my kids up at three o'clock? Do I want my nights and weekends off? Do I want to travel for work or do I not want to? So I think getting clear, I mean, it's perfect. Get what you want is right behind you. I think our books go very well together. What do you want? And then let's start making decisions from that. And if you want more freedom, if you want to work when you want, where you want, how you want, then you've got to start thinking about becoming your own boss because it's really the only thing that will unlock that kind of freedom and a lifestyle by your own design. Mm, that's so good. And and I want to chat a little bit about that idea of becoming our own boss and, and really becoming becoming the woman or stepping into the person that allows herself to lead herself. Yeah. And how is that the precipice or one of the many nuggets along the pathway to not only getting the courage to finally say no more with what's not serving me, I'm ready to do this, but then actually how does that, that belief system of being the one that's going to give yourself permission to lead yourself the, what you need in order to take the actions to actually see the success and the results that you want. Yes. So in my book, I talk about this concept of unbossing yourself. And what it means is you need to go on a journey of starting to believe that you can lead yourself where you do not need anybody else to lead you. You do not need a business partner. You do not need other people's opinions. You do not need other people to make decisions for you. You absolutely have the ability to lead yourself. And this concept of unbossing is something that I struggled with for many, many years. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I went out on my own after being in corporate forever and ever, and I was in my very first business that I started, I did social media for small businesses. What I do today looks dramatically different, but that was my starter idea. So here I was getting all these clients, doing their social media, hating every minute of it. I didn't like working one-on-one. I didn't know how to set boundaries. And I stepped right back into being an employee when I went out on my own. So I often joke, instead of having one boss in my nine to five job, I had like eight bosses. I did whatever they wanted. I said yes to everything. We get on calls. I'd leave with 20 action items to their zero. And I was literally their employee. I did that to myself because I still hadn't unlocked that unbossing, believing that I could leave myself and set boundaries and do business the way I want to do business. Fast forward a few years and I had almost hit a million dollars in my business. So here I was, my business was starting to grow, almost hit that million dollar year. And I was in a mastermind with a bunch of other people. And there's this one guy in there that he's really good at strategy. He was doing similar to what I was doing, but in his own business with his wife and they were killing it. And I asked him, can you show me how you're doing that one thing? There's one specific thing. And he came back and said, I've got a better idea. How about I become a partner in your business and we can do this and blow this up on a big scale. Now, I'd like to tell you that it took me weeks of thinking about this and lawyers involved and really thinking about it, consulting my mentors, none of that. Because I 
still hadn't unbossed myself because I still felt I needed someone to help guide me. And in my opinion, in my thought, I needed a man to help me. I was like not good enough on my own. I said yes to him in one night's sleep. And all of a sudden I woke up the next morning and someone had 50-50 partnership in my business. And we did that for a few years. And it worked out really well. Like my business was thriving. We hit multi-million dollars in just a few short years. It was doing great until I looked in the mirror one day and thought, I am a shell of a person. I am literally this man's employee. It was not his fault. This was all my fault. I let him lead me. I, I, anytime anything didn't go wrong, I looked to him. Are we going to be okay? What should we do? I didn't understand this concept of unbossing. So I just kept getting back into these situations where I let someone else make the decisions and lead. And I would take the back seat. And that morning when I woke up and realized I am so unhappy, this is not working for me anymore. I had to go through this painful year of figuring out how to get out of a partnership that now lawyers were involved. Now a lot of money was involved and it was painful. And I literally thought I was going to lose my business. And I cried all the time. I know I called you throughout that process because I remember having discussions with you about it. It was so terrifying that I was going to lose my business all because I didn't learn how to lead myself. So this is something, if you're still in a nine to five job, how do you start to unboss yourself? Even when you still have a boss, you start making decisions without asking everyone's permission. You start making decisions based on your own knowledge, believing if it doesn't work out, you can fix this. Just that little muscle of making decisions and not asking everyone their opinions and permission. That is how you start to unboss yourself and it can change everything in your life. Oh, that is so, so good. And it, it leads to, you know, I, I want to talk more about, you know, once we finally take that two weeks notice in and we have to start diving into how do we make this thing work, but it, and it makes me think about, there's going to be other things that happen along the way. Like once you become your own boss, there's other things that you're going to have to start investing in. There's education curriculum learning that you're going to have to do. And I see it a lot of times, and I'm sure you do too, Amy, where there's women that are like, well, I need to ask my husband's permission first before yes. I do this. And to oh. me, there's a clear difference between sharing something that means a lot to you, that, that is, it's your liter, it's your life. It is your life's Thank purpose you. on the yeah. line. It is your life's core happiness and you being able to live life the way that you envision it on the line. And you sharing that with someone that's like, hey, this is how important it is to me. This is why I want to do this. I'm ready to go all in. I would love your support. And this is what I'm doing versus, um, hi, husband, um, would it be okay um, if maybe um, I could, um, 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 you know, uh, put my two weeks in and, oh, oh, never mind, never mind. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> There's a clear distinction between yeah. those two things. So could we talk a little bit about how this also can play into other avenues of when it's time for you to finally put your two weeks in and there may be people in your household or people in your family that you need to consider because it obviously affects them, yeah. but how do you consider them while at the same time staying true to what you know is the best thing for you? Oh, I love that you brought this up. This is so important to me that I literally in my book, Two Weeks Notice, wrote scripts for what to say to the people in your life that maybe aren't going to support you or haven't supported you and you need to walk through this. That's how important I think these discussions are. So let's say that you do have a spouse that does not support this. He wants you to stay in your nine to five job or whatever you wanna do as a business, that's just gonna be a hobby, but it's just too risky. 
First, we have to remember that it's fear that's talking. They are fearful that either this won't work out for you and they want to protect you, or they're fearful that we got to put food on the table. We got to pay the bills and your paycheck matters. So don't disrupt what we've got going on. But you just said, this is your happiness. This is your life. This is your your, uh, future that we're talking about. And we have to stay true to who we are. And so with that, There is a discussion that needs to be had, but it's not a discussion of, like you said, like, I really want to do this. What do you think? I, I, I don't have to. No, it's you coming to the table saying, I feel very passionate about this. Here's why. This is what it could mean for our family. This is what it could mean for me. And I really need to pursue it. And I'm asking for your support. What happens if that person does not support you? Well, I, I ask, where have they also not supported you? Like this is probably a pattern somewhere. And I think we need to dig a little bit deeper. I was talking to, I think it was Mel Robbins where she said, I think it's time for some therapy possibly for the two of you to start communicating with somebody else because there's probably other areas this isn't showing up. Maybe that's it. But also more than anything, my message is do it anyway. And I know that's a little controversial. Do it anyway, even if a spouse doesn't support you. But at the end, you're going to resent that spouse. You're going to be really upset and it's going to bleed into other areas of your relationship. So either get a mediator, get a therapist, talk about it, or you just have to stand by, I'm going to do this and I'm going to show you that this is why it's so important. Oh, yes. And I love that. And I'm right there with you, Amy. I mean, there were a lot of things when I was shifting from corporate America into doing my own thing that I had to you know, I had to invest in learning. I had to invest in things. And I just wouldn't even tell my husband because I just knew I was like, his fear is going to outweigh like my knowingness of like, I have to do this. And that's controversial too, of like, don't tell your husband, but (laughs) you know, to each their own. And I believe that if, if you, if you truly get just really quiet with yourself and you listen to that inner voice and you know that this is the right path for you and you can trust that, nothing can get in your way. And so I love that we touched on that. You're one of the first people that we we are totally on the same page. I've talked about this on some other podcasts where they're like, whoa, whoa. And at the end of the day, I'm going to support the women all day long and say, go get yours. A hundred percent, go get it. Yep. Agreed. Um, Take me to Vegas. I'll roll the dice with you any day. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. I know people have their comfort levels with that, but I'm I'm a huge believer in that too. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. 
Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale, This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Okay. So I want to go into now we've quit the job. Mm-hmm. The two weeks are in. Yep. How the F do I make some money? Yes. This is like <laughs> a big one because the question I get asked all the time is Amy, where the heck do I even start? Like, what do I even do now? For those of you who still haven't quit a nine to five job, one of the things I talk about in the book is to create a runway. And I walk you through step-by-step step how to create a runway. So let's say you, you want to leave in six months. We're going to get a six-month runway. And part of that runway is maybe starting a side hustle, if that's something that you want to do. Because a side hustle, when you start it still making a paycheck, you get to make all those mistakes. You get to kind of figure things out. So when you do go out on your own, you can expand it and you're ready to do so. But another thing that you're going to do is you're going to start getting the knowledge that you, you want to add to your repertoire. You're going to read the books, listen to the podcast, buy the courses, whatever it is, just to get you to a place that you're feeling like, okay, I can do this. You're still going to be nervous. You're still going to doubt yourself. We all do. Every single one of us who started a business, there was that voice like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? But we wanted it more than we uh, valued security or comfort. We wanted that thing that we were going for. I wanted freedom more than I wanted security. And so it allowed me to kind of push myself out there. But the first thing you're going to do is you're going to ask yourself, okay, what, what business am I creating? Like, what am I going to package up to sell? And I just want to encourage people, let's start with the starter idea. Julie, when you first started out, how many years ago did you start your business? Gosh. Okay. So I left corporate and I kind of did the little side hustle thing for a little while. I was dipping my toes. So it was officially probably 2014 that I started okay. the side hustle. And then I went all in in 2016. Okay. So that's a long time ago. I'm going to guess what you're doing today and how you're doing it looks different than let's say the first year of going out on your own. I right? would hope so. <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and I love the, how you said it like that. I would hope so. We don't expect our businesses to stay exactly the same five, 10 years in. So that means take the pressure off yourself, get that starter idea going, and let's say it's coaching or consulting. That's one of the easiest ways to get something going. So you're going to start to say, how might I package this? How many customers do I want to get in the beginning? And who do I want to serve? And so we're not going to worry about business cards. We're not going to worry about a big blown out business plan. I've never even seen one. And we're not going to worry about a fancy, all the bells and whistles website. Those are three things that tend to stop people in their tracks. 
We're going to worry about how can I make money quickly because you're going to need to be making money quickly if you're quitting that nine to five job. So just a starter idea, package it up. And then you might say, well, who am I even selling to? I don't have an email list yet. I don't have a big social media following. Two things I talk about in my book and how to do that. But in the beginning, I love getting scrappy. We're going to send a message out to our friends, to our family, let them know we have five packages that we want to fill up. We're doing coaching around XYZ. If they could float the idea out there. I know this is not how you want to build a business long-term, but that scrappiness is absolutely essential. Action creates clarity. In order to help, let me help you get clarity on where you want to go with this business, we got to get into action. So these are some of the few things that I talk about how to just get going. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned those because I think, you know, you had me thinking back to when I kind of was first doing that. And that's exactly what happened. I started to consult and kind of coach people with some marketing and PR because that was my background. And I, I knew that I could do that. It wasn't something, some expertise that I had to learn. I had experience there. So I took that with me and then I wanted to figure out how to get it out to more people. So I was like, well, maybe I could create this thing called courses that I keep seeing on the internet. I didn't know how to do that. So then I found a course that taught you how to create courses yeah. and I was like, okay, I could do that. And this is what I, I want to talk about here with, with, um, when you don't have money, and you're, you're already in this pivot, right? And so there's so much changing and happening. Where do you find that steadfastness to kind of know what to invest in and what to maybe not invest in? And if you have any recommendations on this, Amy, because I remember there was a time, and it's so funny when you think back on it, that it's like, I would have spent, you know, whatever matcha lattes at Starbucks and I would have bought jeans and, you know, gone down to Sephora and bought my huge bag of, you know, I love my beauty products, Amy, all of my stuff. But if I would have gone and spent $500 on a course, you would have thought I was destitute. I mean, that is how crazy my mindset was again. And I think there's also something to be said about unbossing yourself when it comes to this too and getting clear. So I would love to know if you have any thoughts or suggestions for people out there that are like, they're ready to take that leap. They're ready to start kind of getting those wheels in motion, as you were saying, whether that's coaching, consulting, whatever they're going to do to start making that. I remember for me, it was like 500 $5,000 a month. If I could just make $5,000 a month on my side hustle, I'll be good to go. So how can we start to shift some of that, you know, whether it's a money mindset or an investment mindset piece to make sure that we're staying on track with where we want to go? Okay. You just hit it on the head. I love when, when you're going out on your own to say, how much money do you want to make realistically every single month? $5,000. That's a great place to start. So if you want to make $5,000 a month, that's what I mean by saying, okay, how am I going to do this? And let's say you're going to do the coaching consulting route just in the beginning. You're going to change that up as you go, but that's how you're going to start. So that's when you start to say, okay, two questions. Number one, well, what could I package up? How many customers would I need? How many different packages do I need to sell in order to hit that number? So we're going to re, uh, re reverse engineer our offer. And I talk about putting together an offer in the book and how to charge for it and what it would look like. So we cover all of that. But number two, okay, so if I'm going to sell these packages, what exactly do I need in order to put myself out there, attract the type of people, and then deliver on my promise? So we're going to keep it simple in the beginning. You need an email service provider. I think everybody should start growing an email yesterday. So the best next time is today. It's something that took me two years to understand, and I really suffered for it. Everything's easier when you have an email list. 
We need an email service provider. There's so many great free examples out there that you can get started with. We're going to stay on a budget. In my book, I have a link and it sets you up to a free resource center with all the resources I recommend, everything on a budget, like the top three of every area you can think of. So I'm going to cover all of this, but you need an email service provider and then you need a website. Now we're not going for a fancy website. I talk about in the book that I made a million dollars in my business with the ugliest website on the internet. So I don't suggest that, but I also know we don't need a lot of bells and whistles in the beginning. And there's so many amazing resources. When you and I came on the scene, we needed a coder, we needed a designer. There's no way we were doing that all on our own. Today, you can absolutely have a website up in one or two days and do it on your own. That's how amazing these different apps and softwares are. So it's possible. Email list, website. And then from there, I say, let's hold off on a second. And instead of investing in a bunch of things, let's use some social media and see if we can just fill up those first few packages that you have. And then from there, you bring some money in and you reinvest. There's tons of stuff you can invest in, but we need to stay simple in the beginning or you're going to be overwhelmed and you're not going to move forward. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And great getting started tips for people on, on how to just make this happen. Because I think yeah. that it's so easy to get lost in that ideation phase and then the analysis paralysis. And I mean, I, I know that a lot of my listeners know who you are, but if you've never been in the world that is Amy Porterfield, I mean, you do not get more organized, <laughs> detailed, step-by-step -step roadmap than her. She is the best when it comes to that, which is why she's so amazing at what, at what she does with this. And I want to chat a little bit more about this idea of once we've put the two weeks notice in, we've started to lay the path, what should that dream, that bigger dream vision, that next level vision be for us? And I don't want to get so far-fetched to where it's like, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow, but what are some things that we can start focusing on? Cause we have the short term, like what we need to do. Yeah but all roads have to lead somewhere. So how do we keep our eye on the prize? How do we keep like, what is that goal? How do we know what that is? And how do we keep ourselves on track with that? So we're not only putting in the two weeks and doing all of this short-term stuff to see some short-term success, but we're actually starting to change the world and live that life that we feel inside of ourselves that we want to live for that longer-term legacy that we're wanting to build. I, this is such a great question because I think it, it, you've got to take a moment and we got coming back to like, what is it ultimately that you want for your life? But the next question to answer this one is, okay, what kind of impact do you want to make? Getting more clear. Once you get going and you do these things just to get the ball rolling, you're going to start to think about ultimately, who do I want to serve? Who do I want to work with? And what kind of results do I want to get them long-term in a bigger way? And so for me, when I started out doing people's social media was not at all my end all be all, but I actually Julie wasn't totally sure what that was until I got going. And then when I got going, I realized, wait a second, I really enjoy creating these digital courses and serving people one to many versus one-on-one. -on -one. So when I started to create my courses and I started to do that, people started to ask me, how are you creating those courses? This is an area you're doing really well in. Teach me that. So because I paid attention to what my audience wanted, I would have never known that if I hadn't gotten, start, gotten started with my starter idea, then I started to realize, wait a second, I could actually teach people how to create digital courses. And that's when my ultimate mission came into play. I didn't know it until I gave myself a little time. And I realized, wait a second, 
I want to help people build businesses online, leave their nine to fives, start something of their own, introduce them to this whole world of online business that most people don't realize how good it can get. So now this bigger vision came through and I started to dial in my business. I started to make sure I did less, but I made more impact. I didn't want five different offers. I wanted just one or two different offers and really drill down but toward that direction of helping people create businesses in my way was through digital courses, teaching them how to create digital courses. My point being here is that you have to get started, but then pay close attention. Where are you thriving? Where do you love to spend your time? Oh gosh, here comes Scout. He wants to tell everyone he's here. Where, where, um, where do you really excel and you're excited to get up in the morning? But Julie, the, the answer to this question is they might not know right out of the gate but action will create clarity, but pay attention because you make a great question. It is important that we start looking more big term. I don't want people doing a bunch of short term things and then realizing, well, what's next? I don't feel fulfilled. Oh, that's so, so good um, that you, you touched exactly what I, I was hoping that you would say with that, because I think that that keeps people stuck of like, well, I don't know. So I guess I just won't take any action. Exactly. But, you know, that inaction is what is going to keep you in that plateau. Yeah. Um, I want to, to, to go a little bit deeper in to, I think the, the deeper calling and the deeper purpose. And I want to share this because I just, I feel like over the last couple of years, the online business has changed so much as you and I know, because we've been in this for a hot minute now. And so we've, we've seen the changes. Um, there's more opportunity now more than ever. There's more saturation now more than ever. And none of that matters because it all is what it is. Um, but what I think is the most important piece, and I even look back at this in my own journey, and I'm sure that you have some examples too, of times that I, I just, I didn't allow myself to really go there. I would have this idea or I'd have this vision. And then there would be that little creeping, like, who are you to think that you could make this happen? Who are you to do this? Who are you to do that? Some examples for me is I waited way too long. Even though I started my podcast in 2017, I still waited longer than I wanted to. I started a mastermind a lot longer than I wanted to. And so you see these things happen. And I think that now when I look back on things and, you know, life happens, big things happen. Um, tomorrow is not promised. And so how do we really allow ourselves to, to take that leap when we feel it, to trust to go big or go home and to really follow what that dream is for us. So we don't kind of look back and maybe not have regrets, but be like, man, was I sitting on a sweet spot right there? And I didn't even realize it. So if you could share any kind of examples that you have of that, and maybe just some pearls of wisdom to our listeners about really honoring that the time is now, like this is not a dress rehearsal. And now is the time to really go after what it is that you want. Absolutely. I mean, not to get morbid or anything, but you and I uh, just there, we lost someone in our industry. Dave Hollis recently passed away. And I bring this up because we were texting back and forth about how precious life is, how you just absolutely don't know. And that's like the biggest picture you could look at where one day you think you're thriving and the next day you have no idea what's going to happen. And so life is too short, but that's like a really big way to look at it. Another way that I look at it is this, where how willing are you to get uncomfortable in order to go after what you absolutely want? And there have been so many things in my life, just like you, that I've sat on and I've waited for far too long. One was I stayed in my nine to five job about a year longer than I wanted. I, I definitely had thoughts of it way before I ever even allowed myself to think about it. But 
I wasn't willing to get uncomfortable. I really valued security beyond anything else. So anybody listening right now who you know you have been pausing, you know you haven't been going after what you want, I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to get uncomfortable in order to get what you really want? I mean, it keeps coming back to so much of what you stand for. But then the other question is, why are you afraid? I think we need to talk about that for a moment. Why are you afraid to get started? Why are you sitting on this idea and not going after it? And for me, it was because I didn't think I deserved for it to be that good. I didn't think that I deserved it. I remember my very first really successful launch. I made $30,000 with the digital course. I did a launch for about two weeks. Um, back in the day, I used to do 21 day launches, Julie, don't even get me started. They're so long, but this one was two weeks and I made $30,000 and I, I thought that's the most money ever. And the first thought I had was it's going to be taken away from me. Something bad is going to happen. Something good just happened. So something bad is going to happen, or I don't deserve this, or this was too easy, which it totally wasn't. I don't even know where that came from, but this is too easy. So if you ever have those thoughts that come up, it's coming from a place of, I don't think I'm worthy to have what I want. And when you look around and all these other people have what you want, when you see them doing big things, when you see them crushing it, you have to ask yourself, why would they deserve it? And I wouldn't. There's absolutely no reason for that. I think so much of entrepreneurship is personal growth taking a look in the mirror and seeing your weaknesses and your strengths and um, addressing them head on. But for me, it was, I didn't think I deserved it. I didn't think I was good enough. And so I would sit on the ideas far too long and then absolutely regret that I did because then I'd see someone else do what I wanted to do and think, why didn't I start it? So it comes back to how willing are you to get uncomfortable to go after what you ultimately want? And then also, that because because I'm a I have a business book and it's more practical, then you have to say, well, how am I going to get there? Find a mentor. If it's not me, if it's not Julie, find somebody who will walk you through step by step how to get there. Because there's absolutely no reason you have to make this up on your own. Yes, that in the isolation piece, that's where I wanted us to kind of end on is what you were saying. Um, one thing that I didn't realize as I started to dive into my own journey, you know, you put the two weeks in is the importance and the power of community because it can be very isolating when you start the solopreneur journey, when you're going, you know, you're going inward, you're going in, you're building this thing out. And, you know, you don't have the talks around, you know, the water cooler anymore. You don't have the conference. I mean, until you maybe start to build a team and you do maybe Zoom calls or something, you don't have that. So do you have any recommendations to keep that energy up, to keep the enthusiasm going, to keep the morale going as you're building out, especially when you kind of go from this maybe corporate or agency life to doing it all on your own? Yes. Okay. So the first, I'm going to give you free and paid ideas, and I'm going to share with you what I did in the very beginning. So when I was still working for Tony Robbins, my last nine to five job, I actually, right at the very end, when I knew I was leaving, I joined a mastermind. Now it was $17,000 and I didn't have anywhere near that. And so I had to do the payment plan and I didn't tell anyone. I eventually had to tell my husband because that's a lot of money that was coming out of our bank account. 
but I didn't tell anybody else because no one else would understand why I would be spending that much money with essentially a stranger on the internet that I paid her to be a part of her mastermind. But I believe in masterminds to my core. I, I mean, I think it's so great, Julie, what you do with your mastermind. I've gotten to speak at it. It's an incredible group of women. And the reason I love masterminds is because you have to get in proximity with other people doing big things, people that are going to push you, people doing bigger things than you, than you. So you're like, oh my gosh, if she can do it, so can I. People that will uh, give you insight and value and feedback when you need it. And you have to surround yourself with community of other people. I love other women doing what I want to do or doing something similar. Now, paying for it, absolutely one of the easiest ways to get into a really, really great group. But some of you are listening like, Amy, that's never going to fly. I can't do that. Then find a group of people that maybe you put this group of people together. You and I have both been in groups of our peers that no one's paying for anything, but we're meeting every other week and we're strategizing and hot seating and helping each other. That's the other way that you can do it. But you might have to make an effort. You might have to say, hey, I'm looking for a group of five women to get together every other week and here's what we're going to do. And if you're at this level, you can even put parameters around it. Let's go. And so I really do believe you have to put yourself in proximity with this. This It's not just going to happen. These groups are not just going to find you. If you're new on the scene, you're not going to get invited to them. So you make the table, you invite the people. Love it, love it, love it. Such, such good advice and feedback. Amy, thank you so much for being with us and sharing the goodness that is two weeks notice. You can, and I'll let you know, I'm going to tell them it's going to be in the show notes, but I want you to tell them where they can get this book and the Audible as well. Well, thank you, Julie. I so appreciate it. You've been um, always on the phone with me, walking me through this whole experience of writing and launching a book. And geez, it's been a journey, but it's so exciting that the book is out. It's um, anywhere you buy books online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target.com. You can get it anywhere online and also in bookstores, of course. But then when you get the book, go to twoweeksnoticebook.com. So twoweeksnoticebook.com. I've got bonuses to thank you for buying and also taking your online marketing to the next level. So that's where you go. Awesome. And we're going to make sure to have that link in the show notes, as well as other links to buy this all of the good things. Um, and of course, where can people find you? I am just at Amy Porterfield on all social. I'm most active on Instagram. And then I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. Thanks yes. for asking. Yes, yes, yes. And then by the time this come, this is coming out next week, which is super yes. exciting. Yes. And then we're going to be doing an Instagram live too. So make sure to check that out on my page or on Amy's page. You'll see it there. We're going to dive into some things. And then Amy doesn't even know this yet, but we're going to be doing a giveaway for my audience. We're going to be giving away 10 books. So That's just so come good. on. We're going to have a fun time and you guys will be giving, um, I'll be gifting you guys 10 of these copies to uh, enjoy and take home. So cool. Thank you, Julie, so very much. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all all of that good stuff.